Welcome everyone to episode 68 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you as always, your host Bob Chichinsky, here with my good, good friend Dogbark24. How's it going, man? It's uh, going pretty good. Uh, recently I figured out that, you know what, I have just too much cold fire and I'm destroying all types of cold fire, even ballistas. It's kind of weird. But wow, you destroying anything is honestly <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you're a massive hoarder. In, I am, so. yeah, even ballistas. Yeah, well, it turns out you know, once you have like a hundred cold fire ballistas, oh you really God. don't need them anymore. Yeah, every time I have like five, even I just forget to use them, so I yeah, get well, it. I have like 15 of each like trebuchets and then I keep like a lot of ballistas, cold fire ballistas because they're like my cannons. But then yeah. I always use siege repair on them. It's like really I only need like 10. So how much AP did you even score? Do I even want to ask during Midyear Mayhem? I don't know. I scored a lot. That's... <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, dog went crazy during mid year, but yeah, that's that's old news by now. We're already in the next event, and we have all kinds of news to bring you. Plus, we've got, of course, serial updates for you and scores. Lots of interesting scores this week. Honestly, some pretty close ones and some ones that are not so close. Then. We have our topic for the week, which is exciting. We have our Dungeon Guide episode, and we are talking one of the, uh, probably getting into our first, like, you know, harder DLC one, I guess, to do on Veteran, at least. We are talking the Shadow of the Hist DLC pack containing Cradle of Shadows and Runes of Mazatun. Yeah, those are, uh, I, I like both of those dungeons, especially Ruins of Mazatun. Yeah, those both actually are pretty good, and they both have a very good story as well. So, without further ado, let's get things started here. Dog, how about the news, my man? Alright, well, for news, we can start off with, you know, weekly endeavors, because it's weekly reset as of 23 minutes ago. And these weekly endeavors will give you 180 seals, and you can either do 7 dungeons, 5 battlegrounds, or kill 250 folks with class abilities. So. Yeah. 180? Like, really? Yeah. Seems low. Yeah, I think they had another week that uh, is also 180. But, uh, as, you know, I'm definitely going to do the kill 250 foes with class abilities because I'm a Templar. And it's like, oh, I can do that, like, today. <laughs> I'll probably be doing the Battlegrounds. That seems like not too bad, only five. Yeah. Yeah, all three of them are pretty easy to do. But just because I'm a Templar, I can easily kill 250 foes. Yeah, jabs. you and your jabs, we <laughs> get it. <laughs> well, not only that, there's also Jesus being, so. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we have the Pan Elsewhere event going on. 
And it's been going on. We're almost done with it, too. I think it's only like another day and a half or so. So, Yeah, August 3rd, I think it ends, which would be Tuesday. So if you're hearing this today, it comes out. Which, last time we put our episode out, I just wanted to say, man, a lot of people listened that first day. I was like, oh, hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and especially since there were some uh, audio issues with it, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. There was definitely technical, technical difficulties. difficulties. That was in the middle of me starting my other podcast and playing New World and all that. So that, that was just a fun week. And packing for vacation. Oh, man, that was wild. But uh, all that aside, yes, uh, whatever you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as the event is, the as far as my experiences, is that those glorious coffers are not so glorious for me. I have uh, pulled only one useful item from them all event, and I have opened much more glorious Sigic portals that have given me, like, kutas and chapter motifs that I can actually use on my main character compared to, like, the golden coffer that's supposed to do those kinds of things for you, so... Like, from it, I've gotten three bracers and one of the style pages that I actually need. Like, I don't need three bracers. Like, what can I do with that? Nothing. You only no, use you it want once. want all the bracers. Don't even lie. <laughs> I don't want all the bracers. I really don't. Especially now with the collection system, like... I mean, I guess they just want to keep the drop pool, like, large to keep you coming back, but still. Yeah. Um, and as kind of like a community-wide thing, a lot of people are not in love with this event. And, yeah. Part of the reason is, like, this event destroys your inventory. And naturally, this, this event's also about 30 days after Mid-Year Mayhem. And I haven't cleaned out my mail since then. So I'm kind of been like, all right, I'm in this event that's that's killing my inventory. And I'm also trying to clean out my mail from Rewards of the Worthy from all the millions of AP that I scored. And it's not a fun time for me because I'm a hoarder. Like <laughs> like we mentioned earlier, I'm a hoarder. Yeah, and it's really as, bad. As we discussed. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, pretty bad. Pretty bad for me, especially in that uh, area. And then the other big thing is that Northern Elsewhere is literally the worst zone in the game for traversing. No <laughs> one likes traveling that zone, especially when you get to the southern or even the middle part of the map. It's, it's awful. Like the mountains, the cliffs. You know how many times I ran off a freaking uh, cliff this, this event? Way too many. <laughs> Dude, so many times when you're running to a dragon, just like, oh yeah, cool, there's the dragon. Like, how could I freaking possibly get to it? Like, you're looking at the map, it's right there, you see it, oh no. You have to run, like, a half mile to get this dotted little pathway, like, creep up the thing. <laughs> then you even can get even closer and still not know how to get in there. It's like, dude, this is wild, like. Yeah, it's, uh. And to make it even worse, it's like uh, you like maybe you actually run off a cliff and you die. Well, now you have to respawn and you're running as a ghost. And because the dragons are a mess and there's like a hundred people doing a dragon, they dra they die really fast. And if you die, 
uh, you know, you have to, that takes like an extra five seconds. And when you get back up there and you run in, if you don't, if you're not careful, there are invisible AoEs all around, especially the frost wall or the big lightning AoE circles. So if you just run in there on your mount and get ready to attack it, you probably get off your mount and you're dead already because you're running through AoEs that you just don't see because there's a hundred people doing the dragons. Yeah. And their companions. Right. <laughs> oh man, that's true too. I forgot about that. 200 people. <laughs> yeah. And as far as like uh, the Xbox side of things, or at least, you know, the uh, normal Xbox, not the uh, fancy Series X, the Dragon's audio is borked real bad, except when there's a lot of people there. Like at first, it's not too bad, but once you get like 20 people and 20 companions, uh, the dragons just start screech, and same thing with the companions' voice lines. Uh, it just kind of sounds like a person's mic is peaking, and that's just that's just their audio the entire time. The only bright side, though, is like if you're doing a northern elsewhere, it's less likely because you know it it uh, there's less people, especially in that southeastern dragon, because for whatever reason, I've noticed. Uh, Northern Elsewhere only has seven way shrines, which is not that many, considering that a lot of like the small DLCs has like a little bit of way shrines. But if you look at Western Skyrim and disincluding, you know, the Black Reach way shrines, there's 12 way shrines, two of which were added later on. But it started off with like 10 way shrines. And I think Blackwood also has like 10 way shrines or something. So it's just. It's kind of interesting that Northern Elsewhere is like this big, massive land, but there's a they they only have seven way shrines and they could definitely use a lot more way shrines or at least like three. Yeah, definitely could use more way shrines, but and it's like it's a huge, like big old thing to traverse in the map, but so much of it is also hills that you like can't. Like, you can climb a lot, but you can't climb some, and it's like, okay, I guess, but it does eat up a lot of the map. Yeah, definitely very confusing, even even I've, even though I've been doing it. Then you that, got like, the stitches and the canyon, whatever, yeah. I hate that whole, or, it's like, I like Northern Elsewhere, I like Southern Elsewhere way better, though. Yeah, I really like the story, but it's just the map. Like, yeah, the map is it's killer. At least like one of the dragon areas is right by the way shrine. Yes, there's one that's like literally right off the way shrine, and that's always like one of the has a hundred people there because it's like, hey, look, it's finally a dragon that I I can find and everyone can find. So, all right, man. So let's get some pvp scores going here uh i myself have not got to touch any pvp but logging back into some eso to get scores today man i was like oh i need to do something and seeing bgs of the weekly i think that's what i'm gonna do tomorrow play some battlegrounds Yeah, um, as far as I'm going to do, like, as far as, like, Cyrodiil, I'll probably actually be hopping into Cyrodiil into Blackreach and scoring 100k on a couple more characters because DC's winning in Blackreach right now on Xbox, so. 
and campaigns are to reset, so got to take credit, you know. <laughs> yeah, very nice, very nice. Got to get those rewards. Yep, those purple jewelry. All right, so for PCNA Greyhost campaign, we've got 15 days remaining. On the NA side of things, we've got DC in the lead, 44K. AD right behind them though, 43.8, and Ebonheart Pact very close, third, 43.5k. On EU, AD is leading at a solid 50k, Daggerfall Covenant is behind them, 44k, and Ebonheart is in third with 43k. So, dogged, what about Xbox? So for Xbox, there's 18 hours left in campaign. So scores have pretty much settled as far as like the uh, first place is, but second and third place are still, you know, who knows. But for uh, Xbox NA, we have 80 in first with 93k, uh, EP in second with 85k, DC in last with 84k. So we could still pull a second place in that campaign. And then for Xbox EU, there's DC in first with 91k. EP in second with 82k and 80 in last with 76k. So 180 leading and one DC leading. And 80 is going to win one, DC is going to win the other. Pretty solid. Yeah, that, that sounds solid enough, I guess. And then on the PlayStation side of things, this one is like, wow. 80 leading. At 117,000. That's a lot. That's a pretty high score right there. Yeah. Like, that's probably one of the highest that I think I've seen. So, they are way over 100k. Daggerfall Covenant clearly lost their morale for this fight. They're down at 76k. And Ebonheart Pact is in third at 68k. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that NA probably is going to win that one. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. (laughs) Pretty sure. And then we've got the EU side of things. A little closer. DC in the lead. 94k. Almeria Dominion. 83k. Ebonheart Pact. 81k. So, once again, one DC and one AD in the lead. That's uh, pretty good for DC. DC's winning three, and I guess AD's also winning three. Huh, interesting. Yes, interesting indeed. So... This week, we are talking Root of Mazatun and Cradle of Shadows. We're going to start it off with Ruins first. And as always, you can expect to, uh, you know, get all the best information out of us. We'll walk you through the bosses and uh, make sure you know all the different ads you could look out for. And, uh, you know, by the time... You're done listening to us. You'll be ready to go help your friends get the Amberplasm skin because we've probably done that like, I don't know, five times. 
Yeah, we've done it quite a few times. We've done it at least twice. (laughs) One on PC, once on PC, one on uh, Xbox for us. Yeah. So why don't you start us off, my my dude? All right. Well, this is located in uh, Northwest Shadowfen. You ever just want to run into it or see what the outside looks like? Um. As there's a few dangerous enemies that you should be looking out for. The first one is Stone Shapers. You want to focus these down first, and tanks will want to grab aggro right away. They have a channel ability that can't be bashed, and it will get hit everyone with a stun. Um, if you notice it happening, you can block cast any abilities, or just block and you won't be stunned. The next one is the Hajmota. The technique needs is just to uh, pull them and turn them away from the group because they have the uh, AOE stuff that they shoot out of the ground. And the last one is Sludge Slingers. Uh, if you do all like the sneaky stuff, you can actually sneak past all the enemies. Uh, but if you accidentally aggro them, and then the tank needs to uh, pull them right away. And you should probably focus those down after the Stone Shaper. So The Hajmoda also, like, they seem to catch people off guard a lot. Yeah, it kind of just uh, depends on how they do their AOE and if you're, like, standing on top of them. Yeah, exactly. And, like, people don't see them, like, burrow, so they don't, like, pay attention if they're, like, going to get plowed. Yeah. And then the Sledge Slinger, those things are also pretty nasty. We kind of sneak past as many as possible. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, one of the achievements is killing them. And, of course, uh, I don't have that one because we always sneak past them because they're just so <laughs> obnoxious. Yeah, that's one you may never get. <laughs> yeah, I might have to uh, hug it and just pull them all. <laughs> and then probably get kicked out of the group, which has happened a, a few times. I pull them and the people oh, that's get right, angry. Because everyone sneaks it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But oh well. But oh well. So next, after covering these ads, we have our bosses. The first boss is Zatsu. This boss is a pretty basic one. It's going to fight you right there uh, in the kind of open area. The boss will jump up and will have an AoE where he will land. Obviously, you uh, don't really want to be in that. However, it's not the worst blow if it does hit you. Like, you're probably not going to get one shot. But still, like, just back up. Yeah, I don't actually know if it one-shots you or not, because it's it's a bad AoE. You don't stand in bad AoEs. So, so I haven't ever been like, oh, I wonder what happens when I stand in this. So, Wait, I'm sorry. I was totally zoned out. What did you say? I was like, I don't actually like know if it's a one shot or not because I'm like, I'm like, oh, uh, that's right, that's right. I don't stand in bad OEs because that'd be bad. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've been hit by it before, but 
you never know. I'm always shielded too. So it's just best advice to just stay away. And this boss also does the stone shaper mechanic. So got that stone fist, yo. Must be Dragonite. Probably. That would make sense. The next boss is uh, Mighty Chudan. Uh, this, uh, this boss needs to be held facing away from other players. This boss will summon archers and Hajmota, which aren't really a big deal. Uh, pretty much the tank will just aggro them or pull them in, and you, they die pretty fast. Um, the big mechanic is there's a phase where an Agonian is encased with the lightning barrier. Um, the boss will choose a random player to receive an AoE that charges up below you, so you can t- kind of tell like when it's going to get ready and stuff. And you want to either run in front of or behind the Ergonian. Um, kind of just depends on how much time you have. If you have plenty of a time, I always go behind the Ergonian. That way you know for sure it's going to hit him. And yeah. And the big thing to remember is like after you see Chudan like moving towards you, he kind of like barrels into the ground. So you want to dodge real away. And that's pretty much it for uh, that. You know, that boss, um, if your character's wearing red during that mechanic, you can always just, you know, shout Olay because Hajmotas are kind of like the Argonian bulls, but not really, because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like Elite are just green cows, right? You know? Yes, there you go. Just dog logic, right? Yeah, this boss, the only time it gets really bad is when you have, like, lack of communication with a group, especially if you're, like, pugging at it. And someone doesn't get it, and the circle somehow always seems to end up on that person. And, uh, yeah, if you don't kill that NPC, man, it starts getting bad really quick. Yeah. Even when you're healing, like, ultra healing is just insane damage after a while. So, for the next boss... We have Zalner, the infamous Zalner. This guy is a freaking behemoth. An Argonian behemoth. Zalner will gold bar. So three times during the fight, Zalner is going to lock his uh, health bar down, gold bar. He's going to do that at 75, 50, and 25%. So every quarter. So when he gold bars, he's going to spit on the ground. And it creates a little AoE that someone can go pick up. So someone has to run over there and just run through it. And in one of the corners, the fountain is going to start shooting up the geyser. Which everyone is shooting up. The person has to run to that one and uh, drop the, like, the, you know, spit, I guess, off. And then he kind of chills out again. Yep, you pretty much just run right through it. And it always targets the farther one because, well, why not, right? Why would it be convenient for you to go run towards one that you think it's going to be it and it just be that one? Alright, that's not how it works. <laughs> no. It it really never is. Yeah. There is an achievement if only one person does the spit mechanic every time. 
And luckily we always get that because dog just does it. Yeah. I like doing it. It's pretty I like I don't know. I like running, so classic. And there are also three Wamasu slavers throughout this fight. Now at each gold bar point, someone should go kill one of those to help kill all of the random archers that spawn for whatever reason. And yeah, you release one of the Wamasu and it just freaking noms them up. And especially if you're doing this on veteran and you're going for like the no death, uh, that would be really helpful for you to make sure that you're taking advantage of releasing those during the fight. Yeah, I remember uh, the first few times we uh, definitely did not do that mechanic. Or at least we weren't, like, I think we accidentally, like, killed one, but we didn't, like, purposely ever try to kill them because we didn't know that they existed. Alright, and then you have the final boss, which is a Tree Miner Nakash. Uh, the boss will spawn totems that you want to focus on immediately. Uh, they will drain your resources and then your health quickly, so you really just want to get on that right away. At 70%, the boss will spawn in Chudan. Like before, he has kind of like the same mechanics, except for minus the uh, lightning AoE thing. Uh, pretty much, it's just like the same like uh, Ajmoto mechanics. Um, so as soon as it spawns, the tank will want to grab aggro and face away from the group. Um, he also likes to spark. He also likes to spawn starting a heavy attack, so it's the tank needs to be ready for a fast grab on him. Fifty uh, percent is Xalner, and it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, she will spawn adds. Uh, a lot of them don't really matter because uh, the tank kind of just pulls them in and they die pretty easy up until you get the stone shaper, which you want to kill those as fast as possible, especially if it's on veteran and you're trying to do like the hard mode or no death or even the speed run because stone shaper can just make everything into a mess. And... Another big mechanic is there's like the statues all around the area, like around the entire arena. Um, the boss will choose a person and their entire bar and their weapon will disappear. You'll have the like the inner fire, but it's not inner fire. Um, someone needs to go to the glowing statue and point it out to the person so that the uh, person who is affected can damage the correct statue. Being in voice chat is key for this, especially on the hard mode, because hard mode, you can't synergize it or anything. So you really have to be in voice chat or you have to like use text chat or either way, it's it would be the easiest for uh hard or for voice chat. And even in voice chat, it can be a bit difficult because you kind of have to like shoot at it or jump at it or do something like that. So and then the last mechanic is the kind of like the execute mechanic. It happens at 30% and things will start to get crazy. Uh, pretty much all around the boss, they'll be like just spawning like different AoEs. Uh, it's like every other like little diamond is like a bad AoE, especially on the hard mode. Um, he also needs to be on point, especially if you're going for like the hard mode or no death or both. Um, 
if there's a totem that spawns, you need to kill it immediately. And you have to watch out for a statue mechanic because that typically happens. And it usually happens if you're the healer, if the healer's in your group. Because if you're going for that no death run, why would it not target, you know, a DPS, right? That that would be the nice thing. Instead, if you're trying to do a no death run, it'll always choose your healer because that's how you ruin no death runs. So you really just have to be good at the statue mechanic and then it's easy going from there. And that's that final boss. Yeah, kind of a lot to unpack with this one. I mean, it's honestly more of an overcomplicated looking fight than it really is. Yeah. But, I mean, she can still knock you out pretty quick if you're not careful. So, it seems like to me while we're doing it, every time she was about to summon that, like, first ghost, I think it's shoot on. Seemed like she would pop a totem out, like, right around them. Yeah. It's even worse when, like, she'll just spawn in, like, some random corner. And you just don't see it until, like, up. It's there. You you know because you're out of resources. So you can't destroy it. Yeah, those totems, they're freaking horrible. And they always come at the worst place and time especially when you're like trying to really burn down like ads and like zalner or something and then oh by the way you didn't even notice this freaking totem is just killing literally everyone in the group and just draining everyone's resources yep sounds about right and then we also have the uh one player getting blinded by the light and they have to go do the freaking thing. That really sucks, man. Like, I don't understand how some groups without communication pull that one off. Yeah, it's that's definitely interesting. Like, it's like you have to like shoot at the thing and like hope that they recognize that or. Yeah. I think like on normal or just the normal veteran. Uh, I think you can just synergize it, but if they try the hard mode, it's like, I don't even know how. Like, that's just crazy. All right. So, for the sets, the first one we've got Mighty Chudon. This is going to be the monster set, and it is honestly a pretty popular one around the Tamriel Circle. Um,. Not only for its uh, two-piece, but also for its one-piece, interestingly enough, it's one of those special ones. So, right here, Mighty Chudon, the one-piece, adds 1487 armor, which is a tremendous amount, believe me. And then for the two items... You gain 1206 max health, and you gain major resolve at all times, increasing your physical and spell resistance by just about 6,000. That's honestly still such a good set. Like, it holds up, man. I still enjoy using that one every now and again. Yeah, and that uh, saves you from having to slot some... uh 
like ability to that grants you major resolve. So the uh, next set is Amberplasm. This will give you some max magicka, some spell crit, some spell damage. And then its fifth piece passive gives you 245 magicka, stamina, and health recovery. So it's an okay set. It's uh, not really the greatest because it's kind of like it's meant for like a hybrid build, but at the same time, it's uh, it gives you spell crit, spell damage, and just magicka. So it's much more of a magicka focused. So I've always been interested in that one, but I've never actually ran it. Yeah. So then for the next one, we have Heme Joss Retribution. For the two-piece, we've got Stam Recove, then Max Stam, and Weapon Crit. On the way to the five-piece, where not only is it going to add 129 weapon damage, but when you are within 28 meters of an enemy... When you are within 28 meters of an enemy you are in combat with, and the enemy dies, you gain Major Berserk for 10 seconds, increasing your damage done by 10%. So this one used to be, well, it probably still is, really popular with, like, bombers in Cyrodiil. Or, not bombers so much, ball groups. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. But it seems that they, uh, I don't know, ball groups have lessened out. But yeah, when they would kill a bunch of people, they'd just have like infinite major berserk. So annoying. Yeah. And like a fairly common source from it would be like from a storm atronox energy. And back when it was still bugged, I don't know if it's still bugged or not, but like you could have like a whole bunch of people just synergize the same storm atronox, which kind of killed the set because it's like, oh, well, one person drops a storm atronox. You know, 50 people can go synergize it if they know that they can. And there you go. And of course, that was just like a Cyrodo bug. Maybe it was a PvE bug, but I, d I definitely noticed it more in Cyrodo. Uh, the next set is Aspect of Mezzotun. This is a heavy set. Its fifth piece item reads, when you take damage while under 30% health, you heal for about 10k health and restore 10k magicka and stamina. Uh, this effect can occur once every 45 seconds. And that one isn't really the greatest set because it has like that long cooldown and a lot can happen while under 45 seconds. But it's definitely it would be a good set if you're like struggling on like some kind of content and like maybe you're like a vet hard mode or something. But it's not really the greatest set. As far as some like other miscellaneous things, uh, you can get the Amber Plasma skin from the No Death Speedrun Hard Road Completion. That's uh, one of our more sought after skins. Between that one and like the Skill Caller Peak skin, uh, those are kind of our favorites. Yeah, definitely. It's got that kind of like lava effect look. Well, I guess it's more of the Amberplasm effect, look. Yeah, when you enter either this dungeon or uh, 
Cradle of Shadows, you get the heroic personality. So if you want a random personality, you could use that. Especially if you don't have one yet. It's okay. I I end up buying the uh, Brassy Assassin. So that's kind of the one that I rock with. But Yeah, Brassy Assassin is a really good one. But hey, if you don't have one, like you said, this is a good way to get them. The uh, legendary Heme Josh is in this dungeon. So uh, this is a character that I wouldn't mind having as a companion. You know, even if he shows up late all the time, because uh, that'd be okay. Because Heme Josh is awesome. Some of his like uh, quotes are as uh, you'll say, I arrived too late. Hey, uh, I am <laughs> here. Time. <laughs> yeah, I am here. You draw his attention while I... Oh, well, good job, I guess. Uh, one of my uh, favorite is uh, whenever like you enter a room and uh, he'll uh, t- be talking, he's like, that either means the Zizza have fled or they are gathered in great numbers to kill us all. I am. I hope it is the second because I am filled with sap and fury. And then <laughs> obviously they spawn and he gets knocked out like two seconds after saying that. And it's just the most ironic, you know, thing ever. <laughs> that is so classic, Heme Jaws. <laughs> yep. And then lastly, right, right, right when you finish the dungeon, he'll come up and say, he'll be like, it is time to make the witch pay. You attack from the right, I will. Late again, I erect the spine of deep disappointment. And it's kind of sad, actually, when you uh read that last part of it, but... It's okay. We we like we appreciate him, Josh. As far as uh, I like Zauner, he says a lot of kind of silly things. He's kind of like the Incredible Hawk. He, he always like he'll say a uh, Zauner will crush your heads, and or he'll be like you weak Zauner is strong, and he says a few things like that, and I, I that kind of makes me laugh a little bit. But yeah, he is he is funny. Yeah. You gotta love you some Zauner. <laughs> Um, and then last one is uh, Tree Miter Nakash. And uh, if you do the dungeon a lot, especially as much as we have, you know that she'll just scream, Beasts in Amber, wake and remember. And you get and you get that uh, little rhyme stuck in your head whenever you're doing the, the dungeon. And you're like, oh, up, up, she's saying it again. She's saying it again, but she doesn't actually say it again because it, that's not, she, it, you don't need it to. But, yeah. Dog, looking out for you guys, bringing all the best lines. Yeah. And to finish this dungeon off, we've got the uh, recent antiquity lead that was put in there. It has been quite the sought-after one. For the Harpooners Waiting Kilts, it is the Bog Blue Jasper Fetish lead. Pretty much one of the five pieces you need to finish the Harpooner's Waiting Kilt Mythic item. And that's why if you've been queuing for random dungeons, you've been getting ruins plenty. Because there's a lot of people queuing, trying to go for that piece. Yeah, especially since now we're getting another three months of it without being nerfed. Or at least not yet. I don't know what the uh, most latest PTS is, but so far it's survived its wrath, so... That's good. I kind of like that 
they haven't really been nerfing the mythic items because like they're supposed to be redong you know like make it you know you can only wear one they're hard to get like i don't know it should be a little you know like feel like it's cool yeah uh the, the thrashing and strangler i think they uh kind of i i, I don't want to say like learn their lesson because that would be more negative but they uh I definitely think that they learned a bit from their mistake and how uh, upset people were. So I think they did more of a balancing before they released it. So that's good. Yeah, especially because uh, how like much it takes to grind it out. Like you're having yeah. to ask it, do fishing at a thing with like a point one percent chance of catching this <laughs> thing. Like, yeah, or go get freaking resource nodes and shadow fan of course dog gets the first one boom it was the first one it was like within 10 but there you go so yeah. with that that's gonna wrap up the one and only uh ruins of mazatune and like that's it it's a really nice skin that you could get from there um probably I would recommend hit that speed run. You know, it's pretty easy. It'll get you guys acquainted to the dungeon. The no death in here can be frustrating, uh, especially with ads like the stone shapers and, uh, you know, the uh, shoot on. Yeah. And with shoot on running all over the place, you know, then the last boss, it gets an execute and starts going crazy, and you forget a totem, and yeah, there's a lot of things that can kill you, but it's it's not too bad for what it's worth as far as no desk go. If you just take it slow and just focus things down together, it, then you could definitely accomplish it. And same goes for the hard mode. Like, the hard mode, for us, it's, like, the easiest one. You Just, like, to plow through. Because you just hit it, hit it, hit it. You know, keep running through the entire dungeon to get, like, a no-death or anything. So, yeah. It's pretty much just try at it until you can complete it. Complete it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. So, yeah. With that, we're going to move on to the one and only Cradle of Shadows. But before that, we of course wanted to thank you guys all for being here. You are all very awesome. Congratulations on that. And we wanted to remind you that we are part of the Robots Radio Podcast Network. And it is also very awesome. You guys have something in common right there. There you go. And if you uh, go check out our show notes, you can find links to our sponsors and all fun stuff like that. Plus, if you go check out robotsradio.net, they have all kinds of other great shows. And I'm sure there's probably one that you, even you, will fall in love with. So go check it out, robotsradio.net. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D &D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. 
you're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So, for our next and last dungeon, we have Cradle of Shadows. The location, if you want to go check out the entrance, is Western Shadowfen. And there's all kinds of fun, interesting stuff up in this dungeon. Like... Fun little braziers that you'll have to light constantly. Well, at least the next one ahead of you. So you can have not only your path illuminated in the dark, but so that you will not take damage from the darkness and that the spiders or other enemies in the darkness won't be so strong. Pretty yeah, general uh, concept. Yeah, otherwise you get to, like, you get the uh, benefit of moving at, like, one step every, you know, every minute. Oh, yeah. So it's obnoxious. So <laughs> it really is so annoying. And then we also have some pretty awesome Ogrims in here. And uh, let's just say they had the uh, chef special the day before because... They're just puking everywhere, like, constantly. Like, I died to one on normal because I got cocky. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm fake tanking on this character. It's, like, not, should not be here. Boom. Dead. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, somewhat funny to watch people die from it. Um, Yeah. Pretty much the thing with the Ogrims is that you do not want to stand in their projectile vomit range, which is pretty much just right in front of them. But uh, we had a friend who, uh, for whatever reason, the Ogrim would always target him, and he would always die. <laughs> yeah, it is a friend who kind of hates like dying to NPCs and stuff. <laughs> Getting thrown up on by an Ogrim to death was definitely not his favorite thing. And yeah, every time we turn the corners, like, oh god, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah, oh god, and he roll dodges like two or three times away. It's <laughs> it's like not not today. <laughs> hey man, he learned his lesson, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, next up, we have bosses. The first one is Thera. Uh, the first thing you do is that you're gonna pull up the boss. You want to pull into the light. When the first brazier will go out, you're gonna have to move to the second one, or the and then the third one, and then just repeat. This boss has a channel ability that needs to be bashed, and spiders during and after the fight need to be killed. So you might have to light a brazier to do it and drag them over because, yeah, you have to kill the spiders after you kill the boss too. So that's fun, but that's the boss. It's pretty easy. Yeah, that one's pretty easy. I mean, it's uh, it's just a quick burn, but you definitely get introduced more to the brazier mechanic. Yeah. Uh, the, so for the next boss, we've got 
uh, Hepidane? Something. The Spider Kith. This fight starts with all the Braziers lit, and you can relight them during the fight, which is nice, because you're probably going to need to, because this boss will randomly just travel everywhere, and it will sh randomly shoot webs, like, out of its hand, like freaking Spider-Man, and turn off the Braziers as well. So, it's going to turn off the Braziers, and it's going to be jumping all over the place, so you're going to be able to need to turn those Braziers back on and focus on that. So, this boss not only is annoying in that sense, but it is also a pretty strong fighter. as a heavy attack AoE cleave, so you definitely gotta block it or get out of the way if you're a DPS or healer. You gotta get full out of there. Now, if there's any AoE circles around her, get away from it. It's a one-shot that even tanks need to block or roll away. And, last but not least, the boss will teleport and do a build-up that needs to be interrupted, or it will cast heavy hits, if not just entirely one-shot the DPS and healer. So, Crushing Shock is really good if, to have in your bar, even your back bar, slide it in a flex spot, just something to have to interrupt it from range. That fight isn't too terrible either. Definitely something you can get past, but it can be annoying. Yeah, and it's if you have a rough start to it, it it can only get worse. Like recovering from that fight can be hard because you have to like be like the braziers. You have to uh, have you have to have someone be on the boss at all times, pretty much. And if you don't have crushing shock, that can be a really hard fight. The uh, next box is the Votary of Veladreth. This is a spider, and it has a heavy attack that needs to be blocked if you're the tank. Uh, there's poison circles on the ground that are bad, so don't stand in them. Uh, the spider has an even bigger and better AoE circle that uh, explodes. So pretty much like this, like the last boss, but uh, except for even the tank needs to get out of it, because sometimes it'll even kill the strongest of tanks. Like, our good friend Graviton, it's definitely killed him before. It's definitely killed me on my tank before, and it's like, why? Like, that, that's ridiculous. It's also, I've also, you know, blocked the hit from it, too, so it's it's a bit random, but, yeah. And then, <clears throat> the boss will spawn ads, and if the boss goes to feed, because it's a spider, you just need to bash it. Otherwise, if it's on veteran, it can heal up like 10% in like in a second. So if uh, you're not on the quick on your bash, then you'll be redoing the fight pretty much. So be sure to bash it. But other than that, the boss is pretty simple. It's pretty easy. Just got to be careful on where you're standing. So, our next boss, we've got Dranos Valandor, and uh, this is one is probably where it starts getting a little bit more interesting. Uh, this boss just kind of goes everywhere. He's going to gold bar during certain parts of the fight and uh, start, like, sending out waves of little enemies. You knock out these guys, and then you walk through it and it kind of like just like you're good and you gotta kill all the little things to make sure that it unlocks 
The best place you could fight him is close to the door, farther away from the statue in the room. Definitely, definitely better. The boss has a couple different uh, annoying little moves. It has a spin to win, which, you know, is always going to be annoying no matter who does it. And also, during the fight, he's going to spawn, like, two ads that are going to pin someone down. And if they hold them too long, then that person is going to get stabbed to death. So that's another kind of common mechanic. You just got to kill one or the other, and it will release them. So just look out for that. You don't want your friends to get killed down there. And then we have uh, the during the execute phase, the statue of Mafala in the center of the room is going to start going crazy. And, like, start just shooting out waves of magic faster. So, moving around those is uh, really important. So, this is why you want to hold them by the entrance, pretty much. Yeah, that, uh, that wants to be tricky, especially with pugs. Yeah, I mean, anyone could be tricky with pugs, but, yeah, <laughs> that fight is definitely not a fun one. Yeah, because you have people who will try to uh, kill the two ads instead of just bashing them both. It's like, no, just all you have to do is bash, but you don't know that because I can't talk to you, mainly because I don't usually have my headset on. So part of it's just my fault, I just have my headset on. Alright, and lastly we have Velodruth, and I would say that this is probably the trickiest dungeon boss in ESO. Um... Even though she literally shouts out her mechanics, but it's still probably one of the sh uh, trickiest mechanics she has. And probably one of the most trickiest mechanics in the any dungeon. But So, uh, when you're fighting Belladreth, she'll spawn two flesh at your knocks. Um, you, at a 70% and then 35%, you want to make sure that you have them dead. And you have uh, two people synergize it, and they have like a little like lantern thing on them. Um, because at uh, 66% and 33%, Velagest will banish you into the Catacombs Maze, which is can be pretty tricky. The way that we usually do it is that we usually have a tank and healer do it, because all well, the tanks obviously can stay alive better, and a healer can heal people. But that's also because I have, you know, and I like to think I have an impeccable sense of direction, and I'm the healer. And Bob tends to get lost and run into every locked doorway that he can possibly run into. Because I used to, okay, until minimap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still think you you run into the locked hallways, Maybe even even with a minimap, but. Yeah, but uh, the main thing is, like, like uh, the people who should grab it are people who uh, can quickly look at the map and or someone who has the mini-maps and they can just grab the lights, so. And then on hard mode, the maze will split you up into groups of two, and some of the gates will be closed, like I kind of mentioned before. So being fast is important, especially if you uh, have to backtrack multiple times because you were unlu unlucky, like Bob is a lot of times. At least whenever I do Cradle of Shadows with him. Yeah. Cradle of Shadows has not been my friend this year. Or ever, really. 
one important like a little tip is that uh doors that are open the first time through will still be open the second time through and maybe that tip will help you out it's never really helped me out because i'm either like swapped or quite frankly i just don't really remember which one i go through so i'm like all right well i guess here we go we gotta try through door number one and yeah so if you remember which door you went through the first time, then there you go. You're better than I am. So, Yeah, for some reason, it literally seems to put you on a different side every time. Because it's like, if it's like you like to get cocky, well, here you go. Now you can't. True, they think you're planning a heist or something. <laughs> Probably. All right, next up, uh, there's some orbs that are on the ground. They're either red, blue, or green. And they drain your health, magical, or stamina, depending on the color. Um, you kind of want to avoid those because, well, you don't want to be missing out on resources or health because that would be bad. The boss will randomly choose someone and devour their ultimate. So whenever you get your ultimate, you kind of just want to use it whenever you can. No point in saving it because if you try to save it, then it, it'll most definitely choose you. And then the, uh, Last mechanic, and you know, the trickiest mechanic is don't move a muscle. When you hear this, uh, what do you think you do? Clearly, you know, some people they hear this, they hear villagers scream, don't move a muscle, and they sprint or they roll dodge to the other side of the dungeon and they just die. And I've uh, I remember, I remember uh, one of my pugs in a uh, PC, uh, the guy was he was kind of an elitist. And uh, I definitely made fun of him after after the dungeon because he was being a douche the entire dungeon. So him dying to uh, don't move a muscle, I, I I definitely made fun of him. But that was just me. <laughs> but pretty much, you know, don't move a muscle. It means don't move, don't take a step, just just stand there and wait. Um, Who are you making fun of? Not you, but uh, that's random pug that I had in a dungeon. It was an elitist. Mm. It's okay, though. Yeah, dude. I don't know what it is with people in that, like, especially pugs. I've never had everyone survive, and they get so confused. And the moment they all die, you just immediately see in chat, I don't get that. Yeah, it's like, I don't get that. It's, well, she tells you what, what it does, so I don't. Yeah, from now on, I'm like, go listen to the Red Diamond Quarry then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True way. Sure. So, Villagers tells you don't move a muscle, so you don't move. Uh, Villager will put a dot like under you, so you want to stay there. If you take a step out, you start taking like, like a lot of damage. Um. So yeah, sounds pretty right. Uh, crap. So yeah, that sounds pretty easy, right? You just stand there and wait. It does. Wouldn't punish you for overweighting, would they? Right? Well, they would. Because, yeah. But uh, as soon as you hear, uh, there's like three little indicators that uh, tell you when to roll dodge. The room will start to light up. Bella Troth will say, ha ha ha, onto the next course, and then she'll drop down. Or when you see Bella just start wiggling, those are all three signs that you should roll dodge. Probably. Sometimes the odds just aren't in your favor. Like, Bob, I've, I've definitely seen Bob do the stuff, do this exact same thing I've done, but he dies and I live. 
Um, so it's 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 definitely interesting. Uh, the best way to survive this mechanic is to use a damage shield, so that even if you roll late, you might have a chance to live. It's not a guarantee, but at least you have at least five percent more chance of living than without a damage shield. So. All I can say is, you have a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. Possibly. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it depends on how Villageth likes you, right? It doesn't really like me. Well, there you go. <laughs> and then that completes the bosses for uh, Cradle of Shadows. Very nice, very nice. Let's talk some sets and then wrap this puppy up first off we got the monster set village wrath gonna get give you 129 weapon damage on the one piece then when you deal damage you have a 20 percent chance to spawn three disease spores in front of you after one second to deal 24 29 disease damage to the first enemy hit this effect can occur once every 8 seconds and scales off the higher of your weapon or spell damage. So this is still a really popular one. Always has been for stam, uh, stamina DPS, especially for PvE. It was like really meta for a while. Uh, it's not as much now, but I think there's another change, a little change coming to it that's going to make it feel more worth it again. But yeah, this dog is like a classic. Yeah, Velocheth has changed a lot. Like I felt like like they uh had it so where like it hit it only hit the first enemy hit and then they changed it back and now it's the first enemy hit again and now they're changing it again and they uh keep messing with it and yeah. Of course I don't use Velocheth because I really don't really don't play stamina characters, so I don't exactly have the uh best uh memory on it so yeah all right next up we have a gossamer this will give you magic of recovery two max magicas and then its fifth piece passive is when you heal yourself or an ally you grant them major evasion for one second reducing damage from area attacks by 20 percent and you'll see this set a lot in pvp ball groups Specifically by the healer, because yeah, pretty much everything or most things in PvP is an AoE. So, especially if you're trying to kill a ball group, you're gonna be dropping ultimates on them. You're gonna be trying hitting them with siege, counter siege, and all that. So that's why you know that set's a really good set for PvP. Then we have the Widowmaker set 2, which is going to give you Weapon Crit, Max Stam, and then for the fifth piece, when your Alchemical Poison fires, which you're poison, you drop a Poisonous Spore in front of you that bursts after one second, dealing almost 4,000 Poison damage over 10 seconds to all enemies within 5 meters. This effect scales off the higher of your weapon or spell damage. So, yeah. Another spore one. I mean, this one's alright. Uh, it's just not that big of a radius. So, it's like, uh 
All right, the uh, next set is Hand of Mafala. This is the heavy one. This will give you 4% healing taken, uh, max health, some armor, and then its fifth piece passive reads, when you take damage, you encase the ground beneath you in webs for 5 seconds, reducing the movement speed of enemies within a 4 meter radius by 33% and applying minor breach to them, reducing their physical and spell resistance by about 3000. After 5 seconds, the webs burst into venom, dealing some poison damage. And this effect can occur once every 5 seconds and scales off the higher of your physical or spell resistances. So, as far as this set goes, this might be one that you might use more in PvP. But as far as PvE goes, I would probably say you're gonna pass on that. And then uh, a couple of like little quotes from Veladreth from this dungeon is that uh, she refers us to... Uh, she refers us, the players, as like dinner guests and calls us sweet meat. It's uh, kind of... <laughs> yeah, it's kind of creepy, actually. Yeah, a little bit. She's a creeper. Uh, and then she also says, uh, don't keep her waiting. It's rude to keep your hostess waiting. So, just, yeah. You don't want to make her wait, otherwise she gets angry. Or <laughs> hangry. She's the hostess with the mostest. <laughs> yeah. And then we also have a mythic item lead in this dungeon for the Gaze of the Sithis mythic item. Actually, it's just Gaze of the Sithis. But regardless, the lead that you can get is the Ritual Circuit Circlet lead. Ritual Circlet. So, yeah. Sounding good. Yeah, you uh, ran this dungeon like a hundred times to get that gaze of this gaze of Sithis uh, mythic item. So yes, it's uh, still haunting me as we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you got called sweet meat probably a thousand times. <laughs> oh yeah, way too many. <laughs> yeah, and then lastly, a couple like little achievement things is that uh. You can get the Hit Shadow title, and you get that by completing both of the dungeons on Veteran. And you can get the Spider Kith skin, which is the no death speedrun in hard mode for Cradle of Shadows. So, yeah. This one isn't my favorite of skins. It's actually, I actually don't really like the skin because it kind of makes you like undead. But, yeah. The uh, spider's kiss skin, man. Not the most beautiful one. <laughs> no. It's I don't creepy. think I've... Yeah, like, it looks cool, but it's just not something, like, I look really yeah. want to put on my character. I think the only time that I used it is, like, during, like, Halloween. I put that with the, uh... Or the Halloween or the uh, Dark Brotherhood event, or it's these guild, but, uh... Yeah, I put that on with, like, the, uh... Not the Dark Brotherhood outfit, but like the next one up, like the speaker or whatever that other one is that you get later on in the Dark Brotherhood DLC. And that I think that kind of made the, that uh, skin work for me, at least. So, 
I definitely have at least one outfit that could use that skin. So, so that is going to wrap it up for us. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Dog to you as well. Hope you guys enjoyed our talk on the Shadow of the Hiss DLC pack. Dogged, why don't you walk us out? All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. You can find us in uh, ESO or our Xbox Guild of Airs the Red Diamond, which you can join using the Robots Radio Discord found on robotsradio.net. And if you check our show notes, like I said earlier, you'll find links to our merch store and all our awesome sponsors that will give us a little kickback if you spend money there using our code. And if you have any ESO questions, eso-hub.com, the link is there. They are the best, and you can even go see what the pledges are for today. Go get some keys. And our music producer is on there, and he recently made me another new intro song for my new podcast I started. So he's legit. Should have him make music for you. And if you have any little time in your day, absolutely love if you left us a review. And if it's five stars with words, we will shout it out. Dogged, where can people find you? You can find me on uh, Xbox, Twitter, and ESOPC, all of Dogbark24. So, yeah, that's where I am. And I'm Xbox, Twitter, Twitch, and ESOPC, all Bob underscore chinsky and yeah that's gonna wrap it up for us so we can't wait to see you all next week and hope you enjoy see you out there in camera yep see ya to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey, I'm Tom. And I'm Stuart. And we're from the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D&D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast.